0: Hey everyone, before we get started in these stories, I need to mention that they're all very dark and disturbing, especially the last two. They both mention violence, and the final one actually mentions rape. They're very dark, so you've been warned in case you don't want to hear stories like that. All that being said, remember, you can send your story at southerncannibal.com if you ever want to share your story. Without any more further interruptions, let's get started, and remember to always stay hungry. I wish to remain anonymous, but just know that I'm a 19-year-old female who had a very scary experience a couple of months back. It was June when this happened. Whether I had graduated from high school or not, I can't remember. But my mom was at work, and my dad was outside in the garage smoking his cigarettes. For some context, my house is in a suburban neighborhood, and my neighborhood is pretty quiet. Also, my house is not some big fancy home. Rather, it's a one story house that was built in the 1970s. A house that still has the dark brown cabinets and burned orange carpet. Our kitchen had a breakfast bar built into the wall that a contractor built. If you sit in the living room, you can look right into the kitchen through the cutout of the breakfast bar. This can also give you access to see who comes in and out of the garage if you sit in the spot of the living room. That part will be important soon. Also, as context, I have four dogs, and each dog is very unique. I have a Chihuahua, a Pimble mix, a Black Lab mix and a Rottweiler mix. We'll literally have small, medium, large, and extra large dogs. On this particular day, the Chihuahua and Rottweiler mix were inside the house while the other two were outside. Like I said before, my mom was at work and my dad was outside in the garage. I was inside with the dogs watching TV. As I was watching TV, I had heard a knock at the door Odd, I thought to myself. It was odd because the garage door was wide open. How could he not see my dad? Then again, my truck was in the garage, so maybe he couldn't see him? I don't know, but I was not going to answer that door. I looked out the window to see who was there, but by the time I looked, the person was already talking to my dad. Thinking nothing of it, I went back to my chair and continued watching TV. Now my chair was up against the wall that separates the living room and the kitchen, so I pretty much sit right under the breakfast bar, but I do have a good view of the door leading out to the garage. I could see who came in and out. I heard the door open, and I looked up to see the man walking in, with my dad trailing behind him. I was confused at first but then it dawned on me that maybe he was coming over to talk about our windows and how much it would cost to repair them. Again, our home was built in the 70s, so some things in our home very much needed to be fixed. "'Where's your bathroom at?' the man asked. "'Third door on the right.' My dad responded, "'First off, down the hall we have seven doors, two on the left and five on the right.' Mine and my parents' rooms were the last doors on either side of the hallway, my room being on the left, and my parents' being on the right. Second, why does he want to use the restroom? I found it extremely odd why this stranger wanted to use the bathroom. From the moment this stranger stepped into our home, my two dogs were barking at him, and their hair was now standing up. So it wasn't just me, this man was very clearly strange. As he walked down the hall i got a good look at him something i picked up while watching a ton of murder documentaries with my mom but i noticed the man was tall maybe six two to six three he wore gray shorts and a pale yellow shirt and he had a black backpack on his hair was dark brown and curly plus he had an accent as soon as the man shut the door to the bathroom My dad walked to the back of the house to his room. I watched as he walked out of his room and into the hallway. He told me to be quiet and motioned me to come to him, to which I did. As I came in reach of him, he then handed me his 9mm gun. My heart dropped into my stomach as he handed it to me. My dad is a 6 foot tall man who is on the heavier side, and he served in the Navy after he got out of high school. He is the kind of man who has a rough voice, but he's a really nice guy. Seriously. If you ask him about cars or the military, you'll be there for hours listening to him talking about the two things he loves the most. My dad is also the type who doesn't get spooked easily, but when I tell you that he just handed me the gun, it felt like he just handed me a grenade, and I treated it as if it were about to explode. Hide it in such a way you can easily reach it. My dad softly said to me. Luckily, I had some laundry that I had yet to put away, so I stuffed it in there. I also decided to shut my door just a little bit so I could still see what was going on, but he couldn't see me. My hands were shaking, and my heart was racing. My dad stood at the other end of the hallway so he could keep an eye out on what was going on, while my dogs were in my room standing behind me, just watching everything that was going on. I was praying to God that I wouldn't have to use the gun. I did come up with a plan, though. Grab my baseball bat and the gun. I could at least hit the man with the bat and hand the gun to my dad while I called 911. As the man emerged from the bathroom, my dog started barking at him yet again. He thanked my dad and walked out of the house, with my dad trailing behind him once again. I had stood behind in my room until i heard my dad come back inside he checked the bathroom and it was clear i handed the gun back to my dad and i felt my heart rate return back to normal i then calmed down my dogs and gave them each a treat my dad had explained to me that the man was going around the neighborhood selling something he had asked my dad for some water which my dad gave him then he asked if he could use the bathroom and my dad agreed to let him use it. I had later told my mom what happened, and she said that she thought it was really suspicious what he was doing. She said that maybe he was hoping to find out that I was home alone, and he could come in and then take whatever he wanted. I'm not really sure, but I was scared, and I really hoped to never experience something like that again. I would also like to point out that as of late, The surrounding neighborhoods have had a couple of groups of four to five men who also look very suspicious. I don't think the man from my experience has anything to do with the other men from the other neighborhoods, but it wouldn't surprise me if it were. I have learned two things about this experience. One, always trust your dogs. They sensed something was wrong with the man, and that assured me that there actually was something wrong with him. And two... Do not ever let some stranger into the house if they ask for something like using the bathroom. I don't know what possessed my dad that day to let him into our home, but I hope he never makes that same mistake ever again. I know my story might not seem that scary to most, but it was very scary to me, and I just hope that my story can help someone out in the long run. Thank you all for listening, and be careful. This goes back to 2013 to maybe 2014, and I was about 15 to 16. As many teens my age, I was online a lot, and I was super into this anonymous app called Whisper. I'll give a bit of information on it. The only thing you know about the people on there unless they tell you is the age range. For example, 18 and below, 19 to 24, and 25 to 29. You get the point. Then you know how far away someone is and their gender. It was really fascinating to me, being able to be honest and say whatever I wanted without anyone knowing it was me. I'm a pretty mentally ill person, and I was very suicidal and depressed, especially in my teen years before I learned some coping skills. Well, I would post on there about feeling sad and looking for some real advice. I had received several messages, lots of people saying it only gets worse from here, telling me to get a therapist, and many other things. Well, one person on there messaged me, and they told me that they could cure my depression. I checked the ASL, which for those of you who don't know stands for Age, Sex, and Location, and it said it was a male aged 30 to 35, and he was two miles away. This made me nervous. But I responded back with, Okay, how can you help me? He asked me what my name was, and I just gave him the name Amber. He asked me to paint him a picture and write my name on it as payment for helping me. I drew him a picture of a bumblebee, and I painted it. I then wrote the name Amber in purple letters at the bottom, and I sent it to him. He accepted it. Then he asked me questions about myself. Me being naive and not really sensing the danger. I told him how old I was and what I looked like. I even sent him a picture of me, and I told him what high school I went to, and probably many other things that right now I can't remember. But basically I did everything except give this guy my address and real name. He said that he would have to meet me to help me, and that he's helped other people and he's still in contact with them. Well, me being the depressed suicidal teen I was, I agreed and I didn't even think about the dangers. So, within about a week, this guy pulls up to my school after I get out and he tells me to get in his car. This is the first time that I've seen what he looks like. He was a very heavy set man, probably about 250 to 300 pounds. He also had a beard, wore glasses. His hair was a red-brown, and he had a very clean scent to him. The fear had started to set in a bit, when I then realized he was actually serious and here. I hesitated, but I ignored the alarms going off in my head, and I entered his car. He took off pretty much immediately, and he then began talking to me, asking about school, if I had any friends, if anyone knew I was doing this. I answered his questions while also paying attention to where we were going as he left town. He had mainly only drove on country roads. I couldn't fully keep track anymore to where we were going, but we went about 30 minutes out of town to a new area entirely that I'd never even seen before. Even to this day, I still have no idea where he took me. He pulled into his driveway and entered his garage then closing it so nobody would see us, I'm assuming. At this point, the alarms were so loud in my head that I then realized I fucked up. I had to go inside with him either way. He told me to sit on the couch while he changed, and he asked if I wanted a glass of water. Now, I knew better than to accept any food or drink from him, being unsure of what he would do or put in it, so I politely declined. He then said okay let's get started shall we i agreed and he asked so are you still feeling sad i nodded and i don't know what started it but it went from zero to a hundred instantly and he grabbed me by my neck and then slammed me against the wall he didn't even say anything he just stared into my eyes while choking me as i struggled to get his hands off of me He then dropped me, then grabbed me by my hair, pulling me up by it and ripping out my clip and hair extensions. This actually left bald spots in my head that I still have ten years later. He then started swinging on me, punching me in the stomach and face. I finally started trying to fight back, but he just threw me to the ground, then getting on top of me, holding my arms down. He was so close, and I could actually smell the cigarette and mint on his breath. He then asked me, Do you want to die today? I shook my head, crying uncontrollably at this point. He then got up off of me and told me to stay there. I obeyed, figuring I had no idea where I was. There was no way I could find my way home. And plus, my mom would be so mad at me that maybe I was better off dead. My head was throbbing and my body felt so sore. I just laid there with my eyes closed, listening for him to come back. After I'm not sure how long, I had heard his footsteps returning, and my anxiety returned as well. I sat up, immediately trying to prepare myself. However, he had a washcloth. He offered it to me, then saying, ''You can clean yourself up with this.'' I told him thank you, but that I'm okay. He then nodded, and he used it on himself instead. I wiped my eyes and just asked, Can I go home now? He kind of just stared on me like he was debating on it. Then he nodded, grabbing his car keys. We got in his car, and we had a silent drive all the way back. He dropped me back off at school, and I walked home, messaging two of my best friends about what happened. To make a long story short, my boyfriend found out about this, and he actually threatened to break up with me if I didn't sneak out and see him that night. So I did, which my parents totally busted me, and I had to tell them everything that happened. They didn't believe me at first, and they took my phone away. But when they saw what I told my friends, I guess they believed me. They went to the cops and they somehow found the guy. They tracked him through the app, I guess. They told us they found a lot of evidence pointing towards the idea that he was planning to murder me. They not only caught him for that, as well as apparently he had a lot of child porn on his computer. He was sent to prison and he's apparently supposed to be getting out within the next few years. Why didn't this guy kill me? I have no idea why did he take me home? I just don't understand it. All I know is I'm ready this time if he ever tries to come and find me again. I can fight back now, and I refuse to be a victim to anyone ever again. I never got my answers, but I'm a lot more cautious now, and don't meet any strangers. He definitely didn't cure my depression, but I'm not suicidal anymore. I still think about what happened from time to time. I still can't make any sense of it. I know this was all caused from my own naiveness and stupidity. I guess at this point I'm just really grateful to still be alive. Just a fair warning, the story mentions sexual assault. My name is Hayden. I'm 26 years old, and this story took place about five years ago when I just started being able to legally buy alcohol. I had this best friend whom we'll just call T. T was 19. It was him and I and another one of our friends who will address as O. O was 18, and we all used to hang out everywhere. We were pretty much like the three musketeers, if you will. Bonfires, shooting guns, partying... The usual going out type of stuff. Well, O used to always tell me that he had a weird feeling about T. You see, T would always turn anything into some sexual joke. Like to the point where you wanted to throw punch him. O just had a bad feeling about T. That only grew more and more once we started hanging around younger females. No, I don't mean minors. I mean females that were over 18. So nothing like that. T was just always a weird guy, especially when it came to girls. He would get real hyper and be real immature, and just constantly say the wrong things just to try to impress people, when in reality it just made him look like a creep. So, this particular day happened around Halloween of 2018, around 9pm. O and I were going to this Halloween party that a mutual friend of ours was throwing, We decided to invite T along with us because we were literally a trio. Well, on our way to the party, we had stopped at T's house, and we had him follow us because he had work early the next day, and he didn't want to drink or stay late. So, we get to the party about 25 minutes later, and we walk in, and there's probably about 30 to 40 people there just drinking. They're also playing pool and sitting around the bonfire, blaring Metallica's album Ride the Lightning. So, as we get out of our trucks and start walking in, and saying hey to old friends that we hadn't even seen since graduation, this little girl who had to be at least 14 comes running up to T and gave him a big hug, then asking him if he wanted to come up to our room and check out her new gaming PC. It turns out the little girl was mine and O's close friend's little sister, and she had a crush on T. Keep in mind that T was 19 and the little sister was 14, so he goes upstairs with her while O and I decide to go get some beer and food and just hang out. Sometime around midnight, so about three hours later, I realized that I'd been having so much fun that I lost track of time, and so did O, and by around this time, mostly everyone had left. The only people at the party was O and I. And probably about six or seven other acquaintances and we were pretty much all very tipsy not drunk but tipsy oh and I were planning to crash on the couches there and the other six people were gonna crash in various rooms now also keep in mind that T told us that he had to leave early so at the time we all thought that he had left and just couldn't find us in the crowd and that's why he didn't say goodbye to us So we start helping out, cleaning up the living room and kitchen from all the beer cans and booze bottles, as well as cutting off the music. O goes upstairs to take a piss while we're finishing up cleaning. About five minutes later, O comes downstairs with this real confused look, and we ask him what's wrong. He tilts his head down for a second like he can't believe what he's about to say, and he then looks up at me and then says... The bathroom door is locked shut, but it's locked from the outside instead of the inside, and the lights are on, and it sounds like someone's tied up in there. We all just pause for a split second, trying to drunkenly comprehend what the hell he just said, and then out of nowhere, the older sister says, Are y'all sure that T left? To which I then replied, No, we just figured he did because he had to work in the morning and he also swore that he couldn't drink. To which he then said, You know, I haven't seen my little sister all night since T and her went up to her room earlier. So, as I went outside to the driveway to see if T's truck was still there, O and three other guys rushed upstairs to check the bathroom and to check the little sister's room as well. Well, the little sister wasn't in her room, and O kicked the door to the bathroom open only to find it empty. The noises that he heard that sounded like someone was tied up was just the air vent making a muffled noise, but we still couldn't find her sister. So now we're around 2 a.m. still searching and about to call 911 because we just couldn't find the little sister. Well, the older sister gets a phone call from the little sister's number. The little sister was crying hysterically and was completely incoherent. This was back when Snapchat started the Snap Map thing, so her sister easily found where she was at. So, O and I and the older sister hopped in my car, and we drove slightly drunk to find the little sister. She was 15 minutes away. She was in some wooded trail that was off-limits that actually had a warning sign for possible caving in due to all the floods we get. When we finally reach her, we get her in my car and drive home. Her clothes are all wet and muddy, and she's bruised severely in her face, and she's also bleeding in between her legs. So instead of the house, we rush her to the hospital, where she's then taken in and put in the ICU for testing and monitoring. A couple of hours later, O and I are in the waiting room hungover, and we see two private detectives come in, and they start asking us questions about T, like how long we've known him, where he was at during our party, and so on well as it turns out t didn't actually leave until after he was supposed to T had planned on going to that party beforehand and he was going to just ride with us at first but he decided that he would rather drive himself due to what i'm about to tell everyone here so when we got to the party and T went upstairs to see the gaming pc that the little sister had he had asked her if she wanted to go for a small ride to get away from the party so she agreed. Well, T and her snuck out of her window, and while sneaking out, he had locked the bathroom door from the outside just to make it seem like someone would be in there when everyone else had left the party. He thought that everyone would assume that it was the little sister. Anyways, they snuck out, and he took her up a favorite trail of hers. This is what happened on the trail later that night. When they pull up, He stopped the truck on a flat surface. It was pitch black. He started telling her how she was so cute and pretty, and that he couldn't wait until she turned 18 so he could marry her. She replied with blushing, and so on, because she had a huge crush on him, and she thought he was a real charmer. Well, he leaned over the seat, and he kissed her cheek. Then she kissed him back. But then he started putting his hands on her in a real sexual and violent way and she kept telling him to stop, but he wouldn't. She said it was like the devil himself took over him, and he looked like he was looking right into her soul. He then covered her mouth with his hands, and he told her to shut up. He then ripped off her clothes, and not only violently sexually assaulted her, but also sodomized her. While she was struggling to get free, he slammed her face into the window of his truck, which knocked her unconscious. Well, when he knocked her unconscious, he thought that he had killed her. So instead of checking her pulse or taking her to the hospital, he took her out of his truck, grabbed a shovel, and dug a four foot deep hole, which he then covered her up with a real thin sheet of mud, and then he took off and just left her there. It wasn't until after she had woken up and seen and felt everything when she finally realized that it wasn't a dream and that it actually happened. And that's when she called the big sister and we showed up. Now at first, he had actually gotten away with everything that happened due to his father being the sergeant of the county, but that would only go so far, and he would later get charged for first-degree rape. He was also charged with a few counts of aggravated assault because there was DNA found that the forensics didn't see beforehand. I cannot believe what you did, T., You absolutely destroyed this girl's life. I hope you fucking rot in hell for the rest of your life. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay young.